Hello, little programming alert. Uh, there is a error in production in this episode. Um, for some reason in the recording, probably something to do with uh, not checking, you know, pre-record stuff uh, well enough on my end. Um, there's a kind of a consistent weird noise uh, in the background of us talking. Luckily, the editing software that I use has a denoiser for situations like this, but it's still present and, um, you know, it might take away a little something from the podcast, but luckily due to that denoiser, it is, uh, somewhat listenable. It's, it's pretty listenable. It's just, you know, an annoying thing that had to be addressed so be aware of that and uh hope you enjoyed the episode welcome 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 to above replacement radio i am your host chris gianta you know what christy matthewson wasn't worried about s-i-e-r-a when you're thinking about pedro siriaco i mean the only one that can compete is maybe uh hannes wagner's 1908 season over there on the other side of the screen is daniel kern like if we just clipped together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles. We've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's you know, it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm your host, Christianta. Over there on my actual right, as you cannot see on YouTube, is... Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing great. We are just two, two days away from opening day. We've been waiting 156 days at this point. That's how long it was between Game 6 of the World Series and opening day. We finally made it to the end. Yeah, we finally did. And, uh, you know, this is an episode that you, you look forward to every year. It's, 100%. You know, it, there's a few episodes you look forward to every year. There's like Hall of Fame ballot reveal. Uh, there's... Uh, and then there's like season predictions and, you know, planning, planning out how you see the season going. It's like playoff previews. And, yeah, yeah. Playoff previews, uh, award, award season. They're fun podcasts to do. And this is, this is one of them. We're excited to talk about how this 162 game season is going to go. 162 game season. <laughs> yes. We've, it's been two years since we've said that. Yep. Well, since anyone said that, we haven't said it on this show. Yep, exactly. But um, do we want to get into any news first? There's some, there's some injuries going on. So, uh, what, Eloy Jimenez is out for five to six months. Yeah, Eloy. Uh, Nick, a lot, injury bugs been hitting a lot of the AL East relievers. Kirby Yates is gone for the year with Tommy John. Nick Anderson's out for the All-Star break. Zach Britton, I mean, that's been it's been news. Yep. Matt Barnes was out for a little bit, but now he's not out. Yep, uh, false positive COVID-19 test. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Luke Voigt is out for, I think, a third of the season. Yeah, they said Luke Voigt wouldn't be coming back until May and possibly after that. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's unfortunate. There was a whole thing, I don't know if you were seeing this today, but there was this whole controversy with the Yankees over, like, Aaron Boone didn't show up for a Zoom, Aaron Judge, like, was apparently feeling under the weather, and, like, Brian Cashman had to delay his Zoom press conference, and, like, everyone thought Judge was hurt again, but it mm-hmm. turns out he was just feeling sick, but it was probably not COVID. He just has to do the COVID protocol, get a negative test, and he's expected to play on opening day. 
yeah it, it's uh yeah kind of weird when media happens like that like mm. just how it goes uh with the with the white Sox, eloy jimenez out i feel like though they've kind of um, they've kind of prepared themselves well they did. They did. in, you know, having uh, a lot of guys that can, you know, take over in the corner outfield. Yeah, Adam Eaton, Adam Angle. Uh, and Adam Angle is fantastic at defense, too, which is yeah. not exactly a skill of Eloy Jimenez, which, you know, obviously Adam Angle doesn't have his power. He doesn't have his offensive production. But on one side of the field, that's going to be a nice upgrade for Chicago. And to go along with a lot of already great hitters anyway. Yeah, a- Angle is... Uh, because I was researching this for, for the predictions because, you know, Eloy Jimenez being out uh, has an impact on, like, the, di- the direction we think the White Sox are going to go. And, you know, I was pretty satisfied to see, like, Adam Angle is one of the fastest people in the league, yep. first of all. He gets a ton of infield hits. And, yeah, he was the final out of that uh, Giolito no-hitter. A huge, you know, defensive play. You know, not everybody gets to that ball. He's, you know, obviously a very good uh, defender, and yeah, you got um, Adam Eaton as well, who they added in the offseason, and even uh, Larry Garcia plays a little outfield, uh, and he could play a role too. So, 100%. you know, the White Sox, you know, you hate to lose Eloy, but they've kind of set themselves up pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, any other injury news you want to get into? Um, I mean, I guess the other big one was Luke Voigt. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the league home run leader. Yankees, I mean, obviously not having Boyd is going to suck uh, for the time being, but I don't think it should delay anything. Yeah. I mean, they still have a great, it's kind of a similar thing. Like, they still have a great offense, even with Boyd out of the lineup. Uh, who are they going to have replacing him? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Let me uh, pull up their fan drafts, projected opening day roster without Boyd. Yeah, they, um, I mean, like... Because I know always, Jay Bruce was, like, in the minors. Mm-hmm. I, it always seemed like they had a first baseman, like, ready to break out earlier, like, with Greg Bird, and, you know, that didn't end up. That did not I mean, it did for, like, a little bit. Yeah. He was cool in, like, 2015 um, for a hot minute. I guess, yeah, and uh, Tyler Austin was another guy that was competing for that spot, but... It's not 2017 yeah. anymore. Fangraphs has Jay Bruce starting at first base for them, which is, I mean, sort of a similar play style to Void, just not the same production. Yeah, just not to, yeah, not to the level. But honestly, I mean, that's a guy that can... This is uh, this is actually the only left-hander, or pure left-hander, in their opening day lineup. They have Aaron Hicks as a switch hitter, according to Fangraphs. They have a bunch of lefties on the bench. Uh, Jay Bruce is a guy that seems built for the short porch. Yeah, he does. Like he succeeded a lot in uh, Great American Ballpark, mm-hmm. which has you know favorable dimensions for hitters. And yeah, like uh, with there being that three fourteen, three fourteen foot pole down the line, uh, that can yeah, that he definitely seems built for the short porch. Seems um, to be fit to be a Yankee as well. Lots of strikeouts, lots of home runs. Exactly. Fangraphs uh, actually has them putting up a better slugging percentage. Oh, that's very, very interesting. By 10 points. Uh, does it say his age on there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is 34. 34. Oh, I thought, he was, the worst. thought he was a bit older. Um, yeah, no, it's not too bad. Yeah, so we got Jay Bruce. Maybe he'll be that 
that guy in the Yankees lineup that just emerges out of nowhere. Even though he's already kind of made his name a little bit, you know, he doesn't have high expectations uh, or hasn't hasn't really had that since 2019-ish. He was with the Mariners, I believe. Yeah. He was one of those, one of the, part of that crew that went 13-2 and two and then just vanished off the face of the earth. But, uh, and yeah, the, the Kirby Yates news kind of, Stinks, but you kind of the Blue Jays will be. Uh, ben Graves actually wrote about how like the Blue Jays are going to be fine without him. Yeah, you could you kind of could foresee it a little bit. He had injury problems last year. Um, you know he could have been the closer, but yeah, the Blue Jays have a good supporting cast behind him with Rafael Dolis, Jordan Romano, exactly, and uh, a few other guys as well who kind of emerged last year. Yeah, Rafael Dolis and Jordan Romano. They didn't lose Anthony Bass, but they'll yep. be fine. Yeah, they should. Uh, they should be all right. Um, Did they sign him to a one-year deal as well? Uh, I would. Uh, I would imagine so. That's tough. Yeah, Yates. Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, Yates. You you didn't really, you know, he should have probably won earlier the year in twenty nineteen, but you don't know if he's going to repeat that success any time. So. Uh, you know, it's not a the worst invest investment to lose. Just a guy you kind of wish you had. For sure. Um, and Britain is supposed to be. Or, oh yeah, Nick Anderson's out until the All Star break. Uh, break. We all know what kind of depth the Rays had in the bullpen, but this is this is obviously never a guy you want to lose, especially because the Rays are going to have to work a lot harder to get a division title. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they they lost you know some of their starting pieces, so it's. It's good to have as much depth as possible. And um, what was I trying to say? Uh, yeah, Nick Anderson, he was selected as all on the all MLB team for his relieving abilities, which I guess I did disagree with. But um, yeah, not definitely not a guy, definitely not a guy you wanna wanna lose. There's, Another thing I was thinking about, but escape it's totally escaped my mind. There's just been too many injuries to even remember. Yeah, and uh, Zach Britton. That's been old news though. He, uh, how long is he out for? Uh, it's still at least like June, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not great. Yeah. So the, and the Yankees, you know, I feel like this hurts them more than it would your typical year because I feel like the Yankee bullpen. It's a little bit more depleted. Just yeah. a little bit, but it is. And, you know, I for the, you know, because we're doing a predictions episode, I looked at their bullpen ranks last year, and in terms of ERA, they were kind of middle of the pack. Uh, you know, they didn't have Chapman the whole year, which hurt. Um, but, you know, it was it's not really the same Yankees bullpen we, we came to know in the late 2010s. But, uh, yeah, and losing Britain is going to, gonna hurt that going know. going back to the blue jays real quick uh i was checking out a fangraphs article about like who else is in the blue jays bullpen and one of the guys listed was david phelps and i was looking around at his fangraphs page and something something just seemed off to me so i i went and did some digging and i quickly found a little something and i can now confirm that david phelps's 2020 season was the only season in baseball history minimum 10 innings pitched to have a strikeout rate above 35 a walk rate below six and a, a FIP above 5.25. All right, here we, here we go. How about that? 
a very weird year for David Phelps that I just found right now. Yeah. Uh, how many home runs was he given up? Uh, probably a decent amount. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven and twenty and two thirds innings pitched. Yes. That's the one. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the home run ball. Really yeah, hurt. his his uh, his slash line against was 241, 294, 519, 813. People were just crushing the ball against him. Yeah, that's... But he was doing everything else correctly. I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah, everything outside of home runs, uh, David Phelps is doing okay. So I guess, yeah, if, you just, if, if he just you know doesn't allow guys to hit the ball over 100 miles per hour with the correct long launch angle... You might see a good year out of David Phelps. Be fine, yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll be perfect. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's the news for this past week. Yeah. Uh, a, lot know, of, a lot of relievers going down. Some position players, mostly power hitters. Um, no, no big uh, extensions. Um, no crazy or uh, who signed for five? Someone signed for like a five-year extension. Or Rockers. Oh yeah, Lance McCullers and uh, Randy Dobnak. Yeah, good. Oh, good for him. Yeah, for sure. That was. I'm very happy. For he him. got. He's getting nine million guaranteed. And uh, Lance McCullers signed for what, like a five-year extension. Yeah. Um. So that's good. He's a guy in his mid to late twenties. Uh, a good guy to have around in that Astros rotation, especially when. Verlander and Granke aren't going to be there forever, especially Verlander right now. He's in the last year of his contract, and he's not even going to be pitching. So McCullers guy is obviously a guy you wanted to keep around, and uh, and yeah, good on the Astros for making that investment. So now, I guess we go into prediction time. We can do it. All right, so uh, we'll just be. We'll do, be doing a full standings predictions, and you know we'll explain why we have each team where they are. Um, after that, we're going to go into uh, our awards picks because you know everyone does awards picks. They're fun, you know. They're, it's you kind of it's unlikely that you'll land on on many of them, but it's fun to take those shots. And then uh, after that, in our hypothetical uh, regular season finished. Uh, world will go into the postseason predictions which you know not everyone does but last year those went really well for us it did yeah we we, we absolutely nailed it we had the Rays and the dodgers in the world series before the season started i feel like we might just have the same world series again who knows it's uh it's possible yeah it's, it's possible it's entire as as uh joe rogan would say it's entirely possible that this is a uh this is a thing that we have matched up um, so I guess, and we'll, we'll probably s- snake it. So one of us will, yeah. uh, one of us will talk, we'll pick, do our, uh, NL central first, cause we're going in the order that we went for previews. One of us will do the NL central first, and then they will do the AL West second. Uh, do you, who, are, you want to go first? I'll go first. So are we, are we uh, alternating order on each award or am I just doing all my awards first? Um, Award, awards we do after the full standings. Oh, we're doing full standings first. Yes. Cool. All right. So for my American League East prediction, I have in fifth place, we'll go ascending. Fifth place, I have the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, not much explanation needed there. Mm-hmm. In 
Fourth place, I have the Boston Red Sox. And maybe that'll be different on Chris's uh, chart, but I have the Red Sox. In third, I have the Toronto slash Buffalo slash Deunden Blue Jays. We don't really know where they're going to be. Second place, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. And first place, I have the New York Yankees. Uh, so I guess I'll answer probably one of the main questions is Rays over Blue Jays. You know, the Blue Jays have obviously made a lot of improvements to their team. The Rays have lost some people. I've trained myself to never question the Rays. Mm-hmm. Like, I think after Blake Snell, after Charlie Morton, they'll still find a way to make the playoffs and finish second in this division. Yep. That's about it. Um, all right. So, for my American League East, uh, I have the Orioles in last. Uh, they're, you know, they have some guys to pay attention to, unlike, you know, how we saw it last year. Then the year before that, there wasn't really much to look out for. You know, there are reasons to watch the Orioles, but especially in a competitive division like the American League East, it's going to be hard for them to finish above fifth. Uh, And fourth, I also have the Red Sox. They're a team, you know, they're going to improve from last year for sure, but uh, they have a stiff, stiff competition ahead of them. It's very possible that they'll end up being the best fourth-place team uh, in all of baseball. There's a lot of of reasons to be optimistic. You know, uh, their rotation is going to look a lot different than it was last year they have uh erod back in the mix um nick pavetta is going to be probably making a difference um tanner huck eventually in the season did you see him today in spring training yeah he, he looked, looked nice yeah four and a third scoreless from tanner huck um or hauk or whatever it's hauk. tanner hauk and uh you know he, eventually he will be in the mix making a difference in that starting staff um it's just you know not the deepest of staffs, scary lineup, uh, in a in a way, and uh, but also bad bullpen. So I have them in fourth place. In third place, I have the Blue Jays third again. Place, in uh, third, yeah, third. Oh, in third place, in fourth place, I have the Red Sox. In third place, I have the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of similar to your reasoning in that. Yeah, like I think, you know. Talent-wise, I guess maybe the Blue Jays have the advantage, but I do like the Rays' depth uh, the same way I did last year, especially in the bullpen. You know, they did lose some starting pitchers, but they also added uh, Rich Hill and Michael Walker, who may be able to make a good comp- contribution this year. And their bullpen looks just about the same, except Nick Anderson is injured now. Nick Anderson is hurt, and they lost John Curtis to the Marlins. Oh, right. They, yeah, they lost. Uh, They'll be fine. Yeah, they still got a bunch of guys, Fairbanks, Castillo, uh, a ton of guys, Brian Thompson, I think this is Brian Thompson, yes. Um, and yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Rays and Yankees will finish above them. The Blue Jays, you know, I, I pointed out, you know, we pointed out the bullpen, some of their better guys, but it doesn't have necessarily the depth. Uh, and then, yeah, Rays in second, and then Yankees. In first place, and uh, by the way, Rays will be my second wild card team. Yankees will be in the second seed of my playoffs. Uh, yeah, the Yankees. I like the addition of Jameson Tyon for sure. Uh, Luis Severino will probably be coming back around midseason, um, and over you know a 162 game season, uh, I think it plays out more in the Yankees' favor. Uh, Garrett Cole, I plan. I think he might 
he'll probably do better than he did last year, even though it was a very good season. And, uh, you know, the lineup is very good. Bringing back LeMahieu was huge. Uh, he's going to be, you know, the staple of that of that lineup. Um, and, of course, you know, Glaber Torres should probably do a little bit better. Uh, Gio's going to be keep going to keep doing his thing. Uh, and, you know, Clint Frazier will probably have a bigger impact uh, in this year. So, you know, basically the, the lineup is a big reason to have them in, in first and uh, a somewhat rebranded rotation a, a little bit from last year uh, might help them out as well. And, you know, Aaron Boone calling the shots. He's He's been better than it, he was initially in 2018. So, yeah, he was a good guy calling the shots. So, yeah. I have them in the second seed. So now on to, what are we going to do then? AL Central. AL Central. Yeah. American League Central. Very, very personal note. I have I have four fantasy baseball drafts this year, and I got the number one pick in three of them, which is not really where I want to be because it's all snake drafts. Yeah. It, yeah. So you get, so you'll just get Trout, and then you know, like the fantasy is a little different. And then the you know twelfth. By the way, shout out to ESPN. Shout out to ESPN for putting Nick Solak above above Key Brian Hayes in the rankings. That's tough. I don't know how you're supposed to justify that one. Yeah. He is also he is also ranked above. He's ranked 137. Uh, he is ranked ahead of Key Brian Hayes, Joe Musgrove, Trey Mancini, Brad Hand, Pablo Lopez, Gio Urshela, Wilson Contreras, Ryan Mountcastle, Nick Nick Madrigal, CJ Crone, Yasmani Crandall, Jorge Soler, Travis Darnell. That's just to name a few. Kyle Lewis is there. Max Kepler. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think he's. I think he has potential, but really. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. It is weird though, because sometimes because their rankings don't always reflect their even proje- projections of the. No. Of the guys like they some guys. Will Chris, you had your first ever fantasy draft last night, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Wow. Fantasy baseball, yeah, yeah. fantasy baseball draft. Um, but the AL Central. Uh, so in fifth place, in last, I have the Tigers uh, repeating once again. Uh, you know, there are some young guys coming that are going to have full seasons this year, like Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. Um, you don't know, you can't guarantee that they're going to have success. Uh, they weren't great last year, and the rest of the starting staff, I think they had the, I think their starting staff had the worst ERA. In uh, in all of all of Major League Baseball, um, you know I like what uh, you know Condelario and Castro have on the left side of the infield in terms of offense. Um, you know there's there are again reasons to watch the team, but I think they will be uh, behind the Royals, Indians, Twins, White Sox. Uh, in fourth place, I have the Kansas City Royals. Um, you know they've made some quality additions i think i think they'll be uh i think they'll be fourth there's not really that much to add to that um you know they're still a developing team not really going to be fighting for a playoff spot but they'll be somewhat competitive in a way third place indians uh you know they finished in second last year they lost carlos carrasco and francisco Lindor. um didn't necessarily substitute them with that much, uh, they added Eddie Rosario, which will help the outfield, but um, a perennially struggling, struggling outfield. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the 
the historically bad Cleveland uh, Cleveland outfield. But I, yeah, I have them in third because I, I like what the Twins and White Sox did with their off seasons, uh, much better than I like with what the uh, Indians did with their off seasons. So finally, in second, I have the Minnesota Twins, who will be my first wild card team. Uh, I, you know, them bringing back Cruz was big. Them signing Alex Colomay was very big, and I think, uh, you know, the addition of Andrew Elton Simmons is. Uh, going to be somewhat impactful, and I think you know they were their reigning division champions from 2020 and 2019, uh, and I think with what they were able to maintain in the off season, with you know having Cruz back and maintaining a good, some good bullpen pieces by adding Alex Colomay, I think that garners them a playoff team. But I had I still have them behind the White Sox even without uh, Eloy Jimenez. I, you know, like we mentioned before, I like what I see with what they can replace with, uh, what they can replace Gilo Jimenez with, with Adam Eaton, Adam Angle, and Leroy Garcia. You know, Eloy Jimenez is probably going to produce maybe between four and five wins of replacement. You know, those three combined are probably going to produce around two wins of replacement. So maybe there's like a two or three win difference. I still have the White Sox uh, winning. The Central, I love the addition of Lance Lynn and what that rotation looks like with Giolito, Lynn, Keichel, and, uh, you know, you have Cease back there and potentially uh, Michael Kopech. And I also really like their bullpen with Aaron Bummer. Uh, now the newly addition, the newly added Liam Hendricks. Uh, Evan Marshall was my player to watch. And there's plenty other plenty of other guys like Cody Cody Hire, um, Hewer, and uh, Garrett Crochet. Yeah, that was the left. That was the left. Left. I was thinking about Garrett Crochet. He was uh, the second reliever taken in my F four draft last night. Nice. Behind Josh Hader. There we go. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that's my AL Central. What is your AL Central? Look Let's like? just say we did not agree on this. All right. We have the exact same AL East. We most definitely do not have the same AL Central. All right. All right. I also have the fifth place Tigers. Okay. We both have that. Not much to say there. I think this team, I mean, they, they optioned Renato Nunez to the minors, which is very weird because he was kind of the only third baseman they really had on their roster. So as of now, uh, it seems like they're going to have Wait, Mickey. Does, Are they going to uh, stick Mickey first? Where does uh, Candelario play? Third. Yeah, Candelario plays third. Yeah, which is very weird. Um, but nonetheless, that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, this is kind of an experimental year for them. You know, I think Casey Mize needs to take a step forward. Tarks Google needs to take a step forward. This is very much a development year. There's not much more to say. In fourth place, I have the Cleveland Baseball Club. This is a team, like Chris mentioned, they lost Francisco Lindor. They lost Carlos Carrasco. They were really uninspiring offensively last year, and they didn't really do too much to add to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, they added... Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez, right? Who are, but then again, look at what they're look, look what they got to replace in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitching is obviously great. The bullpen is very meh, especially without Brad Hand. But I mean, the Cleveland Baseball Club this year is pretty much going to be a testament to how much a starting pitching staff can carry a squad. Yeah, and I don't think it's very far. In third place, I have my sleeper team, the Kansas City Royals. This team is a lot deeper and has a lot more talent than most people realize. 
Their 1 through 7 spots in the lineup are very good. On fan graphs, it is Whit Merrifield, Andrew Benintendi, Ed Alberto Mondesi, Carlos Santana, Salvador Perez, Jorge Soler, and Hunter Dozier. Very exceptional. In the rotation, they have Brad Keller, who's coming off a really good year. Mike Miner coming back uh, to you know give him some experience. Overall, I think he'll be a decent pitcher. And then they obviously need guys like Brady Singer and Chris Bubich to uh, develop as much as they can, take a step forward, which I think is very possible. And then to round that out, they got Danny Duffy. And in the bullpen, this is where we're talking. This is where we're cooking with gas. Greg Holland coming back. I don't know. He, right now he's listed as the closer, but... I don't know if they actually plan on doing that. You know, it could just be a nostalgia thing, and they can move someone else to close very easily because they got the options. Josh Stumout, uh, Scott Barlow, Jesse Hahn, Wade Davis coming back, Jacob Junis. They got a lot of guys in that bullpen, Chris. Not a lot of people are talking about it, and I think that they can hover around 500 and get third in that division. Mm-hmm. In second place, I got the Chicago LaRussas. I got the Hall of Famer baseball persons. Yep. Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit more about this later, but one thing that I think about Tony La Russa hiring is that it's going to pay a lot of dividends in a potential playoff series, but not so much in the regular season. Because I think Tony La Russa's biggest struggle is going to be getting the attention of this club, mm-hmm. more, so, more so at least than in-game managing. I think he's a fine in-game manager, and I think he'll adapt uh, to the modern way of doing it quicker than most people think. But in the regular season, I don't think it's enough to beat the Minnesota Twins. I mean, that offense is just too good. Uh, Nelson Cruz coming back was huge. Colomay in the bullpen is a nice add. Uh, and I really do think that the Twins are going to repeat as champions in the American League Central. All right, all right. And uh, now we get into the American League West. Yeah. All right. So... My last place team is the Texas Rangers. Not much to say there. This is probably the team in the worst spot of any team in the majors right now. They only have one valuable trade asset. They don't have a farm, and they don't have really any reason to be good this year. So the Texas Rangers, very uninspiring franchise. They're kind of just relying on the development of a couple guys, Nick Solak, Sam Huff. But even then, it's not going to be enough. In fourth place, I have the Seattle Mariners. I think this team is pretty good. I think we could see a good step forward from them this year, especially in the starting rotation. James Paxson is obviously back to go along with guys like Marco Gonzalez, Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn. Uh, I really do hope to see a lot of development. You also have Jared Kelenic coming up this year to go along with reigning rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis. Kyle Seeger is probably going to play his last year in Seattle, just like we heard from Kevin Mather. Uh, Not too much else to say about that, I guess. In third... I have the Oakland Athletics. That's probably a bold prediction considering they won the division last year, but I really think the subtractions of Hendricks and um, Simeon. and Simeon are really going to hurt, especially because, like, you know, Matt Olson's obviously been great. Matt Chapman's obviously been great. But how long can they carry this club to a, being a perennial, you know, uh, competing team? And because, you know, two other teams in this division got better. And one of them is my second place team, the Los Angeles Angels. I really like the moves that Perry Manassian made when he came in this offseason. He brought in Rysel and Jose Iglesias. That takes away two uh, holes in the team in, you know, in shortstop because Simmons had left and in bullpen. And I know that the biggest problem on this team is obviously starting pitching. And that's fair. You know, they, they didn't really do a ton. You know, they slapped down a Jose Quintana and an Alex Cobb, yeah. which isn't great, but they have depth. 
I mean, Dylan Bundy's coming off of a Cy Young caliber season, and he's also going into a contract year, which gives him a lot more motivation to pitch well this year. Uh, you got Quintana Cobb. You have Andrew Heaney, who I think can take a step forward. You have Griffin Canning. You have Patrick Sandoval. Uh, Jaime Berea as well. These are guys that are they are not great, but they're serviceable to go along with a very good lineup. I mean, I don't really think I have to get into why their lineup is great. I think we all know it. Uh, and I think we can see a second-place finish out of them this year, which is some progress. And I have the Houston Astros winning this division. Not much to say. They brought back Michael Brantley. They're getting Jordan Alvarez back. They are losing Justin Verlander. So the pitching staff is a little bit of a worry, but I think this division isn't as competitive as in years past. So right. I think kind of just by process of elimination, this team is the best one. All right. So that is Daniel's American League West. Uh, I also have the Rangers in last place. I mean, you know, if for context on the Rangers, my, my uh, Rangers question for Daniel this year was, will they repeat as the worst record in the American League? Uh, Daniel said yes. And uh, I probably would agree with him with that with that statement because yeah they're in the worst position in baseball uh their best guys mostly have left like you know they traded lance lynn the only guy they really got was dane dunning yeah they got dane, they got dane dunning uh who will you know carry the staff i guess but offense doesn't look good pitching doesn't look good uh, nothing looks good for green news uh the mirror opening day star- starter kyle gibson yeah there we go I mean, I'd be so happy if it was like 2014. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Kyle Gibbs, yeah, Kyle Gibson doing well for the Twins back then. Yeah. Um, in fourth place, I also have the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Seattle Mariners are an intriguing team. Uh, you know, they the outfield looks good when you know Kalenic will join. Uh, Kyle Lewis. Uh, the rotation is also intriguing with Marco Gonzalez at the top, James Paxton following him. Uh, it looks pretty intriguing. I don't know what the bullpen looks like. It probably looks. Rafael Montero is closer. Yeah, similar. That's about all you need to know. <laughs> you know, not. It's not good. Not too optimistic about the bullpen, but they are uh, intriguing, especially you know in future years to come. Uh, they will be. Uh, a fun team to watch yet. I mean, like, uh, you know, J.P. Crawford made some improvements last year. Um, you know, they're going to be they're gonna be a, four, a fourth place team in my mind. Uh, third place, I have the Los Angeles Angels. Um, I think uh, I think their additions will help in the offseason uh, with uh, Iglesias coming in. You know, sometimes we worry about his health, but, you know, when he does play, He's actually a pretty good shortstop. Uh, Dylan Bundy and Dylan Bundy, I like at the top of the rotation, and Keeney and Canning are decent, you know, two, two, three type guys. Uh, and you have the two best players in the American League, I would say. Yeah. And Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon also. Got to mention those two. Um, so the, those will be a big. Those guys will be a big help. Um, uh, who? Who else is uh, yes, you mentioned? Oh, uh, Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh, uh, who was just banging home runs in September. David Fletcher. In September last year. David Fletcher, very good. Uh, you know, he's playing second base now. Justin Upton. Uh, Justin Upton. <laughs> Not really. But yeah, Fletcher is. Max uh, Stassi, 86 OPS last year. Yeah, Max Stassi was great as, a, as an offensive player last year. 
Shohei Otani should have a bounce back year. If he stays healthy. It's uh, a huge if. Yeah. But I do have them finishing behind both the A's and uh, Astros. Um, because, you know, their rotation depth doesn't look great. Their bullpen outside of, you know, like Rizzo or Glacius. Uh, not the not the best either, but you know not not the divisions. Number two, I have the Houston Astros. Uh, I was I compare you know I was thinking about putting the Astros as the AL West champions, uh, but I think their offense you know it's not quite the same. I think they had a team OPS plus in the low 90s last year. You know they are adding Jordan Alvarez, but they are losing uh, George Springer, which is going to be uh, not great, especially for your both your outfield and just you know your your offense. And they also lost uh, John Reddick as well. Um, and you know, also I think you know manager versus manager. I think you know Bob Melvin has uh, coached these types of teams before, where you know you you've lost some guys and you know you, you need to succeed. So you know. In first place, I have the Athletics. They're going to be my third seed in the uh, American League playoffs. Uh, even without Liam Hendricks, they have an extremely good bullpen. You know, they let in bullpen ERA for a reason. It wasn't all. It wasn't all Liam Hendricks. You know, we, we pointed two of them out for the for the players to watch with Jake Diekman and JB Wendelkin. They also added Trevor Rosenthal, who was extremely good last year. He also has closing experience. Uh, you know, Yusmero Petit had a very good year. Bit of a volcano, but he did have a uh, he did have a good year last year. Uh, the rotation, I don't know. It looks like a bunch of number threes, uh, but you know, if you have five threes, you know, you don't really have number four, or number five. You got you know Bassett, who I can't rely on having a low two ZRA again. Uh, you got Rosardo, Manaya, uh, Fires, and. Montas. Frankie Montas, yes. Frankie Montas. Uh, those look like guys that are middle of the rotation guys, and when you when you have that and a very good bullpen, I think that's a pretty good situation. And Absolutely. And, you know, you get a full year of Matt Chapman. Matt Olson, I think, should uh, bounce back. Uh, Simeon will probably be a, a, a tough loss, um, but I think be able to make up for it and also uh robbie grossman is a bit of a loss as well but you know they have some outfield power with uh mark canna ramon loriano Steven Piscotti. Uh, i think they will i guess you know it's hard to say digress from last year because they only played 60 games they won't have less wins than last year but i think their winning percentage might take a dive they'll probably be in the low 90s maybe even upper 80s for for wins, in my opinion. So yeah, that's my American League West. Uh, now we go to the National League East. <clears throat> so National League East, very intriguing. So intriguing that I have uh, a playoff team from last year in last place, uh, <laughs> finishing fifth. Uh, the the Miami Marlins. Uh, I don't know if they're. I don't think their success from last year is necessarily repeatable. Um, you know, they their Pythagorean win loss was not very good. They won a lot of seven inning games. They went ten and four in seven inning games. 
and uh, therefore 21 and 25 in, in, in regular games. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really trust them. Their offense, I don't love. I really like the top of the rotation with Alcantara, Lopez, and Sixto Sanchez, uh, but that's not going to carry them. Their bullpen isn't great. Uh, they'll probably be in the low to mid-70s in terms of wins this year. Uh, in fourth, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I'm no longer, I, I just no longer can get on their bandwagon. You know, they had a they had a bit of a bandwagon in 2019 after some signings with Harper, McCutcheon. They added Segura and Real Muto. That bandwagon kind of, you know, went away. I thought they were going to be a second-place team last year. That didn't work out. They blew it at the end of the season. Um, and, you know, they, yeah, they did bring back Real Muto. They brought back uh, D.D. Gregorius. But they didn't necessarily add very much. You know, they I guess their biggest additions were like Archie Bradley and Jose Alvarado. Um, you know, we'll we'll see if Jose Alvarado can get back to his 2018-2019 form. Uh, you know, we we'll see about that. But you know, the rest of the bullpen is the Phillies bullpen that we knew in 2020, which was a historically bad bullpen. Uh, and then, you know. Their top of the rotation, of course, looks great. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, two of the best pitchers in the National League. And then after that... You got Matt Moore. It's You have Matt Moore, legend of uh, the... What is it? J, JPBL or <laughs> yeah. the Japan Baseball League. You got Matt Moore. So, you know, the... You know, basically the equivalent to Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz there. And... Uh, but after that... It's uh, it's not great. You know. Moore is definitely the glad in that group. Yeah, more. Yeah, the the lefty, and then, the soft throwing lefty. Yeah, and then Wheeler would probably be Maddox, and then Nola would probably be Smoltz. I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have the I have the Phillies in fourth place. Uh, I, I, you know, they're just I don't have as much hope for them as I do the rest of the National League. In third place, I have the Washington Nationals. Uh, you know they. Had a, had a rough year last year. Um, I think they'll be a somewhat average team, probably a little above average. Uh, you got Strasburg basically coming back. He pitched two-thirds of an inning last year. Um, he will be pitching presumably a full season this year. That'll that'll help improve the team. And uh, the, I, I do like the offensive, offensive additions that they made. Uh, you had Josh Bell as a player to watch. Uh also, uh, Kyle Schwarber is a guy that had a tremendous 2019, especially in the second half. Um, so, yeah, like I, I like the offensive additions that they made. And, uh, you know, top of the rotation looks pretty good, I, I guess. You know, Corbin wasn't exactly the same. Scherzer wasn't exactly the same, even though he had, like, high threes. threes. Um, okay, yeah, it, yeah, the top of the rotation, you know, it's not quite the same, which is why I have the Mets and Braves over them. Uh, Mets, I have number two uh, in the division. I have them as the second wild card team. You know, people point out the big addition of Francisco Lindor, but that wasn't the only big move that they made. You know, they added Carlos Carrasco in that deal. 
which is going to solidify that rotation. Not only that, the Mets are basically adding. Ooh, the Mets are bringing back the black jerseys. Nice. Wow, Steve Cohen just announced. That is huge. Um, so that's, that's a, a big addition. That's a big addition to the Mets this year. Uh, the Mets are guaranteed adding two starting pitchers and you know probably a third one mid- middle more middle of the season. They're adding Marcus Stroman, who didn't pitch for them at all last year. They're adding Carlos Carrasco, who came from the Cleveland baseball team. And, you know, they'll probably be adding Syndergaard later in the season. I guess they did lose uh, Stephen Matz. But all in all, it's a it's, it's You profit. always forget about Stephen Matz. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, even, even in the Blue Jays prediction, they didn't mention it. Mention him at all. Yeah, the Mets, I have... Uh, I have in second because, yeah, their starting rotation improved tremendously. Uh, James McCann, I think, is going to be a big addition. Uh, Trevor May was a pretty big addition to their um, to their bullpen. I think they will have they will be a playoff team this year, uh, unlike the past few years. And in first, I got the Braves. They got one of the best, one of the deepest uh, rosters in all of baseball. Uh, the addition of Charlie Morton is going to be big. And the addition of Mike Soroka. He's, I think he's coming back in like April. Yeah, he's he, he'll be back. Uh, you know, a, a couple weeks into the season, and they'll have a pretty deep rotation there. Everybody knows about the lineup. They kept Marcelo Zuna on the team, and you know that lineup is going to be just as good as it was last year. Uh, just a crazy, crazy deep lineup, and you know Dansby Swanson's even improving. It's uh, it's going to look very good for the Braves, I believe. Uh, yeah, bullpen is still pretty good. So yeah, not much to explain about about the Atlanta Braves and why they will, why I believe they will be a uh, a first place team in the National League. Is they're going to be my second seed in the National League playoffs. Playoffs, but that's okay. Um, I I have very similar predictions to you in this division. I have the Marlins in last as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like. Last year was. I, I still think that a lot of people on this team have potential and that they can uh, impress some people, but I just don't see them finishing ahead of any of the four teams. If they're in the NL Central, I could probably have them as like second or third, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're in this division. Exactly. In fourth, I actually have the Nationals. Uh, I think a lot of people in this. I'm very skeptical on a lot of the people on this team. You know, Serger's not getting any younger. Strasburg's not getting any younger. Corbin's not getting any younger. Lester's already not yeah. young. You know, they have they have a very old team and Juan Soto and Victor Robles. Yep. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot of high points to this team, but like the bottom third of that lineup is not good. Starlin Castro, Jan Gomes, Josh Harrison, pitcher spot. That's not what you want. Yeah. None of that. And I mean, Kyle Schwarber can be very hit or miss. Victor Robles hasn't exactly fully developed as a hitter yet. I got no complaints on Soto, Turner, and Bell. But other than that, you know, the, the Nationals really do concern me in, because I feel like this could be a transitional year for a lot of the players on this team. Right. And third, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you kind of touched on a lot of what I wanted to say. You know, the bullpen obviously is bad, but I think adding Archie Bradley is going to make a lot of others better because Hector Nares has had to step up in roles that he is, just isn't fit for for a while. Yep. And I think that he would be much better as a seventh or eighth inning guy. Mm-hmm. He could be a much better bridge builder to guys like Bradley or Alvarado if need be. Uh, because, you know, we all know that the Phillies were a bullpen away from being in the playoffs last year. 
and they really didn't lose anything last year, like other than what, like Jake Arrieta, yeah, <laughs> uh, who wasn't really contributing for them anyway. So I think the Phillies are going to finish third. In second place, I have the New York Mets. Cohen's have taken over. Uh, they they have their second new GM of the offseason. In uh, God, why did I can't remember his name? Zach something. I, I don't even remember the, the news of the hiring. I, I remember it. You. Zach Scott. Zach yeah. Scott. Yep. Very interesting his story of how he got his job, but that happened. Um, they added Lindor. They added Carrasco. This team is very deep now. They have a lot of good pitchers in the rotation. They have a lot of good pitchers in the bullpen. And they have a lot of good hitters. There's not much else to say because you kind of covered it all. And then I have the Braves three-peating. No, four-peating as champions. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're getting old. Remember when they were ahead of schedule? Um, I mean, there's not much else to say. I think Charlie Morton's going to be a huge improvement. I think Ian Anderson is going to take a step forward. I think Kyle Wright is going to take a step forward. Bryce Wilson should be able to take a step forward. If he comes back from injury, Tuki Toussaint hopefully will take a step forward. I'm not sure what his timetable is looking looking like right now, but I know he is hurt. Uh, Yeah, he's got no timetable right now. But this team, they have a great offense still. They have a... Bullpen's a little iffy, but I think that they should be able to do the job more often than not. And I still haven't won the division. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like one thing we both did mention, obviously you got Max Fried at the top yes. of the rotation, but he's holding it down. I mean, that's just a given. Yeah, it's just a, a given. But if you if you didn't watch any baseball last year, Max Fried's pretty good now. Really good. Uh, I remember he had like a weird good season in 2019 where it was like, yeah, he's a low fours ERA, but like, trust me, he's good. Yeah. And exactly. last year he was a Cy Young candidate. Right. Yeah. Se- seven and zero with a mid twos ERA. Exactly. Um, so now we go to the NL Central. Yeah. This is a very very interesting... exciting division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might see an 89 win team yes. come out on top. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I have the Pirates in fifth. There's not much of an explanation needed. Go Cabrian Hayes. Next. Uh, I got the Chicago Cubs finishing in fourth. They This team is just very uninspiring to me. I've mentioned I don't see a single person on this team having a career year in 2021. I don't see Chris Bryant having a better season than what he's already done. I don't see Anthony Rizzo doing that. I don't see Javier Baez doing that. Kyle Hendricks, I think, will still be kind of par for the course, but I don't see him overdoing. You know, I don't see anyone... I don't see anyone outperforming expectations except for no, I don't see anyone outperforming expectations except for just like the Adbert Alzales of the world. That was my guy to watch on this team. Uh, This is going to be a rough year. It's going to be the end of an era for the Cubs because Brian and Rizzo are both free agents. Rizzo just announced he's not going to re-sign or sign an extension, so he's getting the hell out of there as soon as he can. And Brian is. I mean, he, you probably know how he feels about the organization. Not, not, I don't want to say that in a bad way, but, you know, the service time thing is there. It happened, and it's showing right now. So he's got to make a case as to why they should have not done it and left him with less value because if he performs well this year, he's going to get more value than if he had not done the service time. Yep, exactly. In third place, I have the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, this team was legendarily unlucky last year. They had a 245 team BABIP, which was the second worst in the live ball era. Yeah. yeah. This team was very, very, very unlucky. I think they can still hover around 500. Um, obviously, they're losing Trevor Bauer, which is tough to justify them being better than last year, but they still have, you know, 
They have Castellanos. They have Moustakis. They have Winker. They have Votto, who's still doing it. They have Sinzel, who could develop. They have a lot of strong guys in that lineup. They have uh, some good starting pitching. The bullpen's a bit of an issue, especially with Rysel gone. That's that. In second place, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. I think this is the consensus division winner, but they are just way too top-heavy for me. Paul Goldschmidt is awesome. Nolan Arenado is awesome. Jack Flaherty is awesome. Nothing else on that team is awesome. It's a ve- it's a bunch of meh to bad players. Mm-hmm. Like Tommy Edmond, I think is okay. Paul DeYoung, I think is okay. Adam Wainwright, I think is okay. I just don't see a ton of potential on this team. But I will say the back end of this bullpen is very good. I owe Cardinal fans one, in fact, because my player to watch on the Cardinals was Dakota Hudson. Turns out he got Tommy John surgery in September. That was very swept under the rug, apparently, because I didn't see it. But this the back end of this bullpen is very good. Jordan Hicks is going to be coming back. That's 105 with movement. Uh, Andrew Miller is still doing it. We all know what he's capable of. And then you have Giovanni Gallegos and Genesis Cabrera, who both go under the radar. That's pretty cool. But otherwise, this team is just way too top-heavy for me to believe in them. And then I got the Milwaukee Brewers winning it. Chris, this team, they have, they're have a little top-heavy as well, but I think the supporting cast around the top-heavy guys are much better than what the Cardinals are offering. You have Christian Yelich, who's going to have a bounce-back year. Lock that in. You have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, who are both going to p- compete for the Cy Young. And you have Devin Williams and Josh Hader, who are both going to compete for Rolaids Relief Man of the Year. And then around that, you have Lorenzo Cain coming back. You have Jackie Bradley Jr. coming in. You have Colton Wong coming in. You had a lot of good guys on this team, and I think that it's enough to carry them in a weak division. All right, so on to my National League Central. Uh, yeah, we have we have some differences, which worries me because you were pretty you were pretty solid on the NL Central last year. I was I was not. Uh, in fifth, they got the Pirates. I feel like I'll be right on that. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh, yeah, I feel like that'll that'll happen. Just a, just on a whim. Um, in fourth, I have the Reds. I think, in my mind, personally, how I have it. Uh, um, sorry to pause, but uh, the Blue Jays just released Francisco Liriano, uh, which seems like very minor news, but MLB Trade Rumors accidentally put it out as Blue Jays released Francisco Lindor. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's tough. <laughs> That's terrible. Um... Uh, but yeah, I have the, I have the Reds in fourth. Uh, or uh, yeah, I think uh, seedings or uh, placements two through four in the NL Central are kind of inter- interchangeable for me. Uh, I feel like they'll finish with similar records. Uh, number four in fourth place, I got the Reds. Uh, losing uh, Bauer and Iglesias will hurt. I think their lineup is getting a bit older. You know, I don't know what production we'll see out of. Eugenio Suarez, you know, Joey Votto's getting a, getting a bit older. I don't know what production they'll have out of the outfield. Um, you know, Jesse Winker will, uh, I guess, have a Jesse – Wink, Jesse Winker will, will probably have another good year. But, you know, not having the DH is also going to hurt the, uh, the Reds as well, in my mind. Um, and also a, a guy, you know, I didn't put as a guy to look for, but I think should be paid attention to is a – as a guy who's probably going to come into that rotation is a guy named uh, TJ Antone. Look up, we can look up the, the stats. I on thought that he was guy. just going to be a reliever. 
Oh, is he going to be a reliever? Yeah, he was a re- reliever last year, and I think he's just going to continue as such. He, uh, I think he made four starts for them last year, but he might it might have been like opening. Let me check those starts, see how Let's, long he went. Yeah, uh, I think he pitched. He also pitched like over thirty innings, which might signify that he pitched uh, them. in those starts. He went. I mean, the most he went in any outing was five innings. And that was that wasn't a start. Yeah, in his in his four starts, he went five innings, and then he went, yeah, and then he went five, or he went uh, four and a third, three and four. So he never went more than five. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we are playing in a in a new game, but he'll be like, I don't know, if he does start, he'll be like a number four, number five type guy. But his uh his statistics were very good, um, so he might be a guy to watch, but. All in all, I have the Reds in fourth because, uh, you know, they were okay to begin with, and they lost uh, Bauer and uh, Rizzo Iglesias. In third, I have your NL Central champions. That's I have okay. the I have the Milwaukee Brewers. That's okay because you know what? You had the Cubs in fourth last year. I did. Uh, I have the Brewers there. I just don't like what they have after uh, Burns and Woodruff, and you know. Lineup wise, I think Kane coming back and Bradley Jr. coming uh, coming in uh, is going to have a pretty good impact. But you know, yeah, outside of Yelich and you know potentially David Vogelbach, they also Ryan Braun is on the open market. Like if they don't have Ryan Braun, that might hurt them a little bit. So yeah, I have the Brewers in the in third because. Yeah. Uh, also, because I believe in the Cubs coming, making a bit of a comeback. I have the Cubs in second place. Um, not particularly the Cubs as a whole, but I think there's we're going to see some back bounce back seasons. I feel. Chris Bryant had a very rough 2020. I think he's going to do a lot better than he did in 2020. Javi Baez as well. Same story with Javi Baez. He's going to have a lot better uh, 2021 than 2020. And I think Anthony Rizzo also will make improvements. You know, their rotation looks a bit scary behind Hendricks and maybe Davies. I don't know how much I believe in Zach Davies as well, but he'll he'll still be productive. But outside of Hendricks and Davies, it doesn't look great. But I see some, I see the Cubs having a much better offense than they did uh, last year, even even without Schwarber. I think they'll uh, they'll have some bounce back seasons, and I think David Ross will also manage decently. Um, and in first place, I have the St. Louis Cardinals for mostly uh, the obvious reasons. I think, you know, they, with the addition of Arenado, they look very good. Goldschmidt uh, carries the lineup pretty well. I guess losing Colton Wong isn't great, but, you know, Tommy Edmond can stick just about anywhere. And maybe, maybe he will go to second base. Uh, the rotation is pretty interesting because... You know, they have Jack Flaherty at the top, and then following him is going to be, you know, Wainwright, Michaelis, uh, the guy with the guys who, guy who name, whose name I can't pronounce, who is... Quang Hyung Kim. Quang Hyung Kim. Uh, they'll have him, Michaelis still there, by the way? I guess, the whole year. Yeah, Michaelis signed an extension before uh, 2019, I believe. He had shoulder soreness in March of 2021. Oh. Because I was checking there... I remember I was checking there. Uh, yeah, he's got no time with Table for return. Well, that's right now. 
that's pretty interesting. But I have the Cardinals winning the NL Central uh, with the third seed uh, in in that in that division. All right, now on to our final division, the National League West. Where speaking of top heavy, this is you know very this is very top heavy division. Yeah, I mean I wrote two. I wrote quite a bit about it for um, a website that I write for, and I kind of said yeah, there's some really good teams, there's some really bad teams, and there's some teams kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in fifth place, in fifth place, I have the Colorado Rockies. Um, the rotation looked somewhat promising last year, a little bit with like Freeland, Marquez, Sensatella, uh, Gray. I don't know if they're going to be able to re- repeat that. They also lost Nolan Arenado, um, and I just see the the other teams doing better. Uh, than the Rockies this year. Uh, in fourth place, I have the San Francisco Giants. Um, I think, you know, they, they were very close to being a playoff team last year. They went 29-31. They finished in third place in the division. I think, you know, there were some crazy years out of some of the those offensive players that are just not going to be able to happen again. You know, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano. Even like Brandon Belt uh, is, you know, those guys aren't going to be able to repeat success necessarily. And I don't think, you know, Mike Jastrzemski had a spectacular year. He's probably going to, you know, take a bit of a step back from last year. Uh, although I do like some of their additions, like Tommy Listella. They kept uh, Kevin Gossman around. That will be, uh, those will be good guys to have around. But I think ultimately, their benefit will be guys to maybe dish off at the trade deadline because I don't think they're going to be competing in the playoffs. Uh, and third, I have the Diamondbacks. And like I expect some guys in the Giants to regress, I expect guys in the Diamondbacks to progress or ha- at least have bounce-back seasons. I don't think, you know, you know Madison Baumgartner isn't going to be as bad as he was last year. Uh, I think Luke Weaver is going to improve uh, from last year and Cattell Marte I think is going to improve so and also I looked at uh their schedule last year they finished the season 14 and 6 I think they're you know going to carry a bit of momentum they're much better than their last place finish from last year they'll probably be around 500 in uh in 2021 Uh, in second place I have the Padres Uh, they're going to be my first wild card team uh, you know, I I don't. We've talked so much about the Padres and Dodgers in the off season. You know, I think just the Dodgers. You know, I obviously I have them in first place. I have them as the first seed. Dodgers just have a little more depth than the Padres this year, I believe. Like they have basically seven starters, seven or eight starters they could go to. That you know they would all be like top three in an average on an average MLB uh, pitching staff. Uh, I like their, I like the Dodgers bullpen depth a little more as well, um, with, you know, keeping Blake Trinan. You got Kenley Jansen. You got Victor Gonzalez, my player to watch. You got Bruzdar Gratterall, who was a uh, very good last year, a good addition for them in 2020. Um, who else? You got a, you got a ton of guys in that bullpen, and some of the starters will probably be will probably have to be relievers for them. And yeah, I just like. The Dodgers' depth as a whole, the lineup is amazing. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's my national quest. So my NL West. I also have the Rockies finishing last. I think the only reason to pay attention to the Rockies is to see Trevor's story, to see where he's going to go mm-hmm. in July and potentially where he's going to go in the winter of next year. Uh, everything about this team outside of Trevor's story is very underwhelming. Marquez is very good. I will say that. He's probably the best pitcher their franchise has ever had, starting pitcher. Bullpen, the, the everyone from the Super Bowl pen is gone. So that is the end of a of end of an error, as yep. we put it. Yep. That was not good. This team is pretty is kind of a disgrace. They're not good. They're gonna finish last. In second to last and fourth, I have the Diamondbacks. They're in a very, very weird spot, Chris, because they were very inconsistent last year. Um they started out three and eight, and then they won a bunch of then they won ten of thirteen, and they lost eighteen of twenty. So they they were on a roller coaster ride last season, um, they got to find what their identity is this year, and I think that that's what the theme of this this season is for Arizona. They got to find out who they are, uh, and I think it's I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains that come with that, and I don't think they're going to beat any of the other teams outside of Colorado. In third place, I have another one of my sleeper teams, the San Francisco Giants. Chris, you mentioned how you don't think that a lot of those guys are going to, or you think that a lot of those guys are going to regress. The Giants played way over their heads in 2019, and people thought they were going to regress in 2020. And they played that way in 2020. So they've repeated before. I know it was in a smaller sample, but nonetheless, this team was... Their season came down to Game 60. It came down to a bad umpire call that ended their season. They made a lot of great additions in the offseason. They re-signed Kevin Gosman. They brought in Matt Whistler. They brought in Anthony Descalfani. They brought in Jake McGee. They've brought in a lot of guys that I think are going to contribute well to this team. I think they could hover 500 and, and compete for the second wild card spot. And I have them finishing in third. So in second place, I have San Diego. They obviously made a lot of terrific acquisitions this offseason in the rotation, in the lineup, in the bullpen. They've done just about everything, but it's not going to be enough to unseat the Dodgers. That team is just too good. You know, they, they got better. I mean, one thing that a lot of defending World Series champions do is that they stay too stagnant. They try to keep the team together. This team is still adding. They've been above the luxury tax for a long time. They just won a ring, and they decided to bring in the highest-paid pitcher in the history of baseball. Uh, this team is pretty much a lock for 100 wins this year. They're going to win the NL West. Yeah, we uh, yeah we agree on on that. The Dodgers just they're very yeah they're <laughs> they're just so good. I mean, it's almost on the level where you could where you could call them you know, a super team, just so many stars, so many guys that have just won awards in general. Um, so now on to, I didn't even mean to do this, a little segue. Now on to the awards yeah. that we're uh, here to talk about. Uh, they're just fun to do. So we're going to do them. So uh, we'll just kind of briefly explain, explain each one. American League Rookie of the Year, who do you got? American League Rookie of the Year. I didn't go very edgy. I picked Wander Franco for this award. Mm-hmm. He's the number one prospect in baseball for a reason. He literally just turned 20 this year. Uh, he's going to do some great things in Tampa. Yeah, for American League Rookie of the Year, I like. I just don't know who's going to get called up, when they're going to get called up. There's a lot of good candidates with Wander Franco. Uh, Jared Kelenic. Jared Kelenic. Even like Adley Rushman. Maybe we'll Andrew see Andrew Vaughn. Maybe we'll see Bobby Witt Jr. this year, Andrew Vaughn. 
But, uh, you know, I hate to be biased here and you know where I'm going with this, but I, I like, I like what I saw out of, out of the guy and it was between him and Jared Kalenic. And then I, you know, this guy has, uh, strikeout problems, but I saw Kalenic his minor league stats. You know, he's not afraid to strike out either. So American league rookie of the year. I have Bobby Dahlbeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what I saw out of him last year. He looks good in the spring. Whatever, I'm going to have him as American League Rookie of the Year. National League Rookie of the Year. Chris. I think, I think Chris. You're going to come into here at this time of the night and you're going to ask me who my National League Rookie of the Year is as if you don't already know what I'm going to say. I, I, all right, well, should, should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... Uh, okay, for those who don't know, I'm going with Ian Anderson. He's my National League Rookie of the Year and he's one of my favorite pitchers in this league. Yeah, you know what? And uh, I'm agreeing with you. I think I think Ian Anderson yeah, will be nationally. I think Ian Anderson will be nationally rookie of the year. Like I was comparing him to even like uh, Sixto Sanchez, who's rookie of the year eligible still. Uh, but like you know, Sanchez has crazy stuff, but Ian Anderson has higher whiff rate, higher strikeout rate than Sixto Sanchez. So uh, and yeah, even like yeah, Anderson had a one nine five ERA. In the regular season last year, a two four six expected ERA. I mean, yeah, he he's very impressive. He seems pretty. He pitches like a like a veteran, and I think he'll nab that uh, rookie of the year, and he'll play a vital role on the Braves as well. Um, and yeah, the honorable mentions, I guess, are Key Brian Hayes, Sixto Sanchez, um, uh, a few other guys. I think Tony Go- is Tony Gonsolin still rookie of the year eligible? I believe so. Gavin Lux is not rookie of the year eligible. No, he had too many plate appearances. Yep. And he played in 2019 as well. Yeah, he did. Um, so he is not eligible. Uh, American League Manager of the Year. I have? have Mike Matheny. Right, yeah. Yeah. Very weird that I have a guy who's not going to make the playoffs in my in my book, but I have Mike Matheny as my AL Manager of the Year. Yeah. Uh, I just went with a team who I guess kind of improves its – it's hilarious what my American League. <laughs> I know. Is. I knew you were gonna do it once you had them winning the division. But they're, you know, they are going from third to first. So. And it's a first year manager. And it's a first year manager. That's always bonus points. My American League Manager of the Year is he's the a Hall of Famer baseball, baseball person. person. Tony Larusa is gonna be taking home that taking home that award. Yeah. Um. So now. It's just hilarious how the manager of the year works. It's so stupid. Uh, so National League manager of the year. Uh, this guy has never actually won a, a manager of the year award, but he's had multiple opportunities to. I am taking Craig Council. Craig Council. Oh, yeah. Because I have the Brewers winning the division. Yeah. Kind of the only, I guess, surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take uh, not a first-year manager, but a second-year manager, Luis Rojas. A good pick. Um, yeah, because I don't really have any, like, I don't have a bunch of uh, like changing of standings, so like I guess the Mets one is my biggest one. Uh, I don't have a lot of surprises in general, so I'll have uh, Luis Rojas managing the Mets, uh, winning National League Manager of the Year. Uh, on to the Cy Young, American League Cy Young. Uh, I have Lucas Giolito coming home with this award. Uh, it just feels right this year. I mean, I know Garrett Cole's the favorite, but I really think that the White Sox are going to take a step forward, even if they don't win the division. Uh, I think Luis, Lucas Giolito is going to be my AL Cy Young pick. Um, with the Cy Youngs, I, I kind of um, 
I don't know. I have a thing in my head where guys from the central, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to do it again. So I just went, I went very basic American league. Cy Young, I have Garrett Cole. Yeah. Taking it, taking it home. Uh, I think, you know, current, his current status is best pitcher in the American league. Obviously that could change. Um, but I think he's going to be, he'll probably have like a mid two ZRA, um, kind of similar to his 2018 season, even though he's in a worst ballpark for him. National League Cy Young. Yeah. My National League Cy Young is on another team that I, uh, I don't have winning the division. I have Jack Flaherty winning it. Not much else of a, of course it's, you know, it's the classic. They went to the same high school. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Bounce back season I'm for sorry, Jack I'm sorry, Flaherty. Max Freed. <laughs> uh, National League Cy Young. Uh, this guy's going to sneak up on you. Jacob DeGrom. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To go along with Garrett Cole? Yeah. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> yeah, I think... I I really honestly agree with Jacob DeGrom. Like, he... In a 100... Can you, can you make dark horse picks? In a, like, just throw two, two dark horse picks out there. Uh, for American League... Um, uh, for American League, who would I say? Uh, I mean, I know who I, I know Na- who you'd want to say. National League, I was really considering Luis Castillo. Okay. Um, which I guess would be considered That's fair. dark yeah. horse. Yeah. Uh, American League, I don't, I don't know. Um, Who's your favorite pitcher in the American League that could be a dark horse Cy Young candidate? Even I just didn't want to. I just twice in a row. I just didn't want to annoy. I just didn't want to. I picked you. Ian Anderson for the second straight year, and you're getting worried about annoying people with Hyunjin Ryu. Well, I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't have that many ties to Hyunjin Ryu other than I think he's good. You know, the guy's. He's, he's your favorite pitcher in the league, is he not? Uh, he's up there. So he's you up love there. talking about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you know the other pick would be Hyunjin Ryu. He pitched in the East. He was very good in the East, facing a lot of good lineups. And yeah, uh, I guess he would be my dark horse guy. Yeah. If you could consider him dark horse. And then, yeah, National League. National League, I kind of c- considered uh, Luis Castillo. But I think DeGrom, ultimately, with my gut, I believe he's going to win. All right. America- I, I, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he'll uh, get three out of four. We'll get a dynasty going. Uh, American League MVP. So there's this guy. Uh, he's okay. Uh, he, he came from Millville, New Jersey, but the problem is he's over 24 in his career when he bats on the road in the fifth inning with no one out through a 2-2 count. And that's going to be, it was a tough obstacle to overcome, but I'm going to pick Michael Nelson Trout to be my American League MVP. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, going with my basic theme, I'm also selecting Mike Trout. Uh, I was thinking about maybe putting DJ LeMahieu in there, but... I don't know. I don't see him doing better than Mike Trout. And Mike Trout, actually, there was a quote card out there on social media saying, like, I had a down year last year. <laughs> he had a 162 weighted runs created plus. Yeah, almost in a almost an OPS of 1,000, but it was worse than his career average. So, yeah, I guess it was a down year. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he liked DeGrom, I think, if last year was played in a 162-game season. Like, those two would probably win their, their awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, National League MVP. I'm going to pick him every single year until he wins it, unless he gives me a reason not to. I'm yeah. going with the same guy I did last year in Juan Soto. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick, for sure. Are, are you also going with your NL MVP from last year? No. Ah. No. 
But uh, he was a player to watch. But for similar reasons, I'm going with this guy. He gets really good, you know, baseball savant numbers. He is your National League Series champion. He's your National League Championship Series MVP, your World Series MVP, and your 2021 National League MVP. Going into a contract going year. Going into a contract year. Corey Seager, I believe, will be winning. Yeah. Playing playing shortstop for the Cleveland Infants of uh, my fantasy baseball team. Um, I I made some edgy MVP picks just because Trout and Soto are very basic. So my my dark horse a, uh, MVPs are Rafael Devers and Josh Bell. Oh yeah, that's yeah. those are good. Uh, what would dark horse for AL? I don't even know. On my end, I didn't really know either. Maybe Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez maybe. Um, George Springer, I guess. Yeah, George Springer. Um, Ren- nah, not right now. Bo- Bogarts. Bogarts. Um, Chapman. DJ LeMayhew. Yeah, I feel like LeMayhew like, has gotten to the point where it's not that dark horse. not dark horse, yeah. Maybe um, Rendon. I don't know. Even that's not really dark horse either. Um, but even. I feel like. Alex it, Brand, yeah, he plays second once. Uh, yeah, National League. Nick Solak. Yeah, nationally, Corey Seager is very intriguing to me. There's like five guys on the Dodgers that could win MVP this year. Yeah, there are. <laughs> Betts, Bellinger, Seager, uh, you know, maybe throw JT in the mix. Uh, Will Smith. Maybe, maybe a pitcher comes up, gets some MVP votes. Yeah, Will Smith. Yeah, so... And uh, they have like four guys that can win Cy Young and a couple guys that can win Rookie of the Year. Exactly. And a guy that can win the... Actually, probably not. It's it would be hard. He would have to win a hundred. You would have to win one hundred fifty games to yeah. win the year. Unless like, unless something serious happens, they have to bring in like the peanut vendor. Maybe yeah. brings them to a hundred two win season. Yeah, right. Like, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hope yeah, hopefully not. Um, so now on to postseason predictions. Fared for fared well for us last year. Uh, so we'll start off with the wild card series. Okay, what do you got. So in the American League, I have the wild card game being the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox, and I have the White Sox coming out on top. And in the National League, I have the San Diego Padres and the New York Mets, to which I have San Diego taking. Um, yeah, my American League wild card is Rays against Twins, and it's gonna fare very, very familiarly for the Twins, <laughs> and the Rays are going to beat them in their home stadium. Uh, National League wild card, I have the exact same wild card matchup and uh yeah i also have the padres uh winning because i guess their offense is better and like you know who knows if the is going to be starting that game um now on to the league division series so in the american league i have the white Sox taking on the new york yankees and i've been saying i had this take tony larusa's problems are going to come in the regular season not the postseason i have the white Sox taking down the yankees in the ds there we go. Yeah. You, and then in the uh, other side, I have this. This might be my boldest prediction. I have twins over Astros. I think Minnesota's finally going to do it. I think this is the year. They're not only going to win a game, but they're going to win a series wow. for the first time since both for the first time since 2002. In all AL Central uh, ALCS. That's right. And then in the on the flip side, I have uh, I have LA over San Diego again. And I have Atlanta over Milwaukee. Um, my league division series predictions. Uh, I have the White Sox against the Rays with the White Sox being majority home. Uh, I have the White Sox over the Rays. 
Uh, I have the Yankees against the A's with Yankees being majority home. Uh, Yankees over the A's. So it'll be White Sox, Yankees, and the ALCS. I have Dodgers over Padres also, and I have Braves over the Cardinals rather than the Brewers. So it'll be uh, White Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers, Braves. So on to the League of Championship Series. I'm very nervous because we could we could still end up with the same thing. Yeah. I got White Sox over Twins, and I got Braves over Dodgers for a Braves White Sox World Series. Oh, you got the Bra- you got the Braves getting I vengeance. I do. They were up three one last year. I don't see why they can't close it out this time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Uh, for my league championship series, I I have the White Sox over the New York Yankees, uh, and in the NLCS, I I don't. You know, the Braves could get vengeance. But I don't see the Dodgers getting down 3-1 like they did last year. I I just can't... Like, the Dodgers are just so deep. I just can't ignore it. I have the Dodgers over the Braves. Okay. In a Dodgers-White Sox World Series. And then in the World Series, this is the year for Atlanta. I have the Braves over the White Sox. I don't know how many games, but I have that. Yep. And uh, I believe that... For the first time in 21 years, we're going to have a repeat champion. I have the Dodgers over the White Sox. They're just, they're so good. And uh, not a bold take whatsoever, I know. But uh, yeah, I got, I have the most, I really do have the most basic of predictions (laughs) this season because I really couldn't base anything off of 2020. Uh, So yeah, Dodgers over White Sox is my... uh, is my World Series. You have Braves over White Sox. I do. So we'll see. We'll see how it fares in this season. You know, unlike we're not going to find out in three months like last year. No. <laughs> Luckily. We have. We, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that we have a difference this year. Yeah. Like it was cool for us to both unanimously be rooting for the same World Series, so we could be smart because we got it. Like we don't have to worry about. Yeah. You know, doing that again because we already got it done. So this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had a lot more discrepancy this year than usual. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The the Brewers versus Cardinals is a, is a difference. I think. What else? What other uh, differences did we have? Uh, AL, AL East AL was completely. AL East was completely. AL Central was very different. Yeah, AL Central was different. Um, yeah, I have White Sox winning the division. I do understand the concern with. Uh, La Russa there. AL West, yeah. AL West was different. It was very different. You had the A's in third. I had the A's. You had the exact same standings as last year in the AL West. Uh, No, because the Mariners finished in third last year. Oh, they did finish ahead of the Angels. You're right. Yeah. um, So only one flip. It was weird. Um, Yeah. There were were probably... There's probably at least one division where I had the exact same ones. Definitely not the NL East. Not the NL West. Not the NL East. Okay, so I didn't... I didn't completely repeat on every single on any, uh, no. division. I yeah. always that always kind of scares me, like the idea of doing that. Yeah, it's because uh, like I don't know. Yeah, baseball doesn't work that way. No. Um. Anyway, uh, that does it uh, for prediction episode. Go uh, watch some baseball this week. Yes. Take as much time as you need. I know it's a holiday weekend. You're probably gonna be with your family. If you celebrate that holiday, of course, go out and watch some baseball. It's yeah. the first weekend. 
Yeah, or I guess stay in and watch some baseball. Yeah, um, yeah probably don't go out and watch baseball. Unless you're then, going to a game, and if you are, stay safe. Yeah. Wear your mask. Don't be stupid, especially if you're going to a Rangers game. <laughs> yeah, man, that's going to be fun to watch. The Rangers having a full house. Uh, anyway, we hope you enjoyed the predictions episode. Uh, you can uh, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio uh, for all the updates. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the predictions episode. And we hope to see you on Thursday for the finale of the history series. Oh my God. Talking about the 2002 Angels. No more history after that. And uh, we hope to see you next uh, Tuesday, I guess. After that. Well, we're talking about some real baseball. We're talking about some 2021 current day regular season baseball. We're going to have some how about bats. Yeah. We're going to have slightly alarming. Yeah. We're going to have whatever news we want to have. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. Oh so gosh. we will see you then. Uh, yeah, see you later.